Shall we look into God's word? Turn our attention to 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1 to 5. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1 to 5. Let a man so consider us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. But with me, it is a very small thing that I should be judged by you or by a human court. In fact, I do not even judge myself. For I know of nothing against myself, yet I am not justified by this. But he who judges me is the Lord. Therefore, judge nothing before the time until the Lord comes, who will both bring to light the hidden things of darkness and reveal the counsels of the heart. Then each one's praise will come from God. Father, we thank you for your word. We pray that you will speak and minister to us. Release your grace and anointing in this place that will make the proclamation of your word effective. Every resistance to the preaching of God's word, we bind them in Jesus' name and we declare victory in the house. To God be the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. We live in a world that is surrounded by critics. We all go through phase in our lives when we are criticized one way or the other. At times, we are the ones who criticize. At times, we are the one that gets criticized. But when we go through criticisms, how do we handle it is very important. Apostle Paul writing to the church in Corinth in response to a report that he had received about the church in Corinth, about the factions and the divisions that were going on in that particular church, which resulted into, in strives and, of course, criticism. Some claimed to be on the side of Paul the Apostle. Others claim to be on the side of the orator Apollos. Some other claim to be with Cephas, Peter. Paul is responding and he's writing to the church when he heard the factions and how people were judging him as well. Paul reminds the church, first of all, that, that everybody that they've been talking about or taking sides with are nothing but ministers, servants of God. And the word that he uses there, the Greek word that he uses there, simply means oarsmen or guys who work, the slaves who worked in the galley of the big Roman ships, the guys who worked under the deck. They were not important. They were not the chiefs. They were not the captains. They were just people who were down there. They all did the same thing as the assignments were given. They were simply what, doing what? That's what they were doing. And Paul starts by saying, listen, guys, all of us are just simply the guys that are in the galley. We all are working, and we have a captain. We have a one that we serve. And then the next thing that he reminds them is that we are what? We are stewards. Praise the Lord. We are stewards. As stewards, what we do is we manage nothing belongs to us 
We have been appointed. We've been given assignments. But truly, nothing belongs to us. Joseph in the scripture is a chief steward in the house of Potiphar. He was managing the assets and the possessions of Potiphar, but nothing really belonged to him. As God's children and God's servants, we are stewards of the household of God. We have been appointed and we've been given certain tasks to fulfill. And Paul is saying that, listen, what is required of a steward is what? That they be faithful. Praise God. That they be faithful. In other words, every steward. And we all are steward in one way or the other. Stewards of the domain that God has placed us in. Someone's domain might be larger than the other, but everyone has a domain or an arena that has been given by God. One's domain might be his own home and family. Another one's domain might be the department that has been entrusted to him to manage. Or the church or the ministry that God has given, each one is a steward. We are stewards in the economy of God. We ought to be aware what has been entrusted to us. And God requires that every one of his stewards be faithful. Praise God. This morning as we are seated in the house of God, it is good to take an inventory of ourselves and ask ourselves, are we faithful in the arenas that God has placed us? To be faithful to God in the arenas that God has placed us, we need to make sure that our primary allegiance is to Jesus. And Jesus alone. What does that mean? Praise the Lord. You and I are accountable primarily to the one who has entrusted us with our assignments. Praise God. Yes? That means at times when we are pleasing him, pleasing Jesus, the others around us might be displeased. To be faithful to him means at any cost making sure that our allegiance to him and to him alone. Praise God. We all are servants in this economy and our stand for him, our allegiance to him, our faithfulness to him at times will cause displeasure among other servants. Praise God. Even when that happens, we have to make sure that we remain faithful to the one who has called us. Praise God. Hallelujah. The world around us our friend circles, our family circles, wherever we are, everyone might not stand with us or might see things eye to eye with us when we stand for him. Despite who is standing with us or against us, Despite the fact who speaks on our favor or against us. Despite the fact that there are critiques around us criticizing us or applauding us. We cannot shift our allegiance. Praise God. It always ought to be Jesus. Praise the Lord. The responsibility of a steward is to be faithful to his Master, praise the Lord. Can we look into our own lives this morning and ask ourselves, have we been faithful to him? Would the Lord consider us as 
good and faithful stewards. Praise the Lord. Who and what is our allegiance to? It's good to look into our own lives and ask that question. When the chips are down, what truly matters is not what everyone says or thinks about us, but what the master says about me and you. We cannot just simply overlook or ignore that fact. It is not what everyone thinks or says about us, but what the master says about you and me. A man of God, a servant of God, a steward, has to be faithful in every realms of their life, personal and private and public. Praise God. Faithfulness has to start with personal life. And I always like to start with here, our thought life. Praise God. Because we can put forth a lot of exhibitions and at the same time might not be faithful up here. Praise God. We ought to be faithful from our thought life into every arena of our lives. Our thought lives are well concealed and hidden. Only God sees and his evaluation of our lives are always right. We can take people around us for a ride with the facade that we can put up. But we can never conceal anything from the Lord. The Lord wants to see you and me faithful in every arena of our life. Regardless of how faithful we are or not, Paul is saying that there is three kinds of judgment that takes place. A steward might be good and faithful, but he is constantly and always under scrutiny or is being judged. There is always someone criticizing or judging something that he does. And Paul brings three judgments here. Number one, judgment from others. Number two, Judging ourselves or judgment from one's own self. Number three, God's judgment. Praise the Lord. Three, one, people around us or others judging us. Number two, we ourselves looking into our own lives and judging ourselves. Number three, God's judgment of us. And it can be divided into two. Here and there. Now and then. Meaning here, when we live here, around us. Praise the Lord. Then sometime in the future. Now, currently, wherever we are, people are judging us. Then, sometime in the future, praise God, we will stand in judgment before God. Praise God. Someone once said like this, and I quote, Everyone is eagle-eyed to see another's fault and deformity. End quote. John Dryden. Everyone is eagle-eyed to see another's fault and deformity. Eagle has a sharp eye. The higher it goes, clearer it can see. Sometimes, we as human beings, we tend to highlight on what? The fault of others. And by doing so, we tend to give a blind eye to our own faults and shortcomings of life. Judgment or criticism from others. 
how quick we are to point the fault of others. Yet, when ours are brought to light, how do we react to it? You can look at criticism, people judging us from two different angles, two different lens. One, look at the look at it from a critic's lens. The one who is criticizing. Has anyone criticized you before? Have you ever looked at things from their perspective, their angle, and wonder? Why is it that people do criticize us? At times, people who criticize others, they have a deep, deep felt need to exalt their own ego. When they feel inferior about themselves, they tend to look at the faults of others and try to highlight that. Building ourselves or oneself after tearing someone else down is very self-deceptive. Praise the Lord. Once a man said about people who criticize and when you hear them criticize and you side with them, it's only because... That is not our shortcoming or that is not our way of sinning. When we take sides with people who criticize others, more, most often it's because that particular matter that is being discussed doesn't apply to us. Praise God. If it does apply to us, what do we do? We become mum or we would disagree. But we get the fuel and the encouragement to talk about others, look down on others, and criticize others when it does not touch us, relate to us, or apply to our own lives. Praise the Lord. Jesus had a lot to say about judging others. You know what Jesus said, right? What did Jesus say? Huh? We don't know. Good. Jesus said what? Judge? Not. Because it would lead to our own judgment. But... What does Jesus mean when he says, judge not, lest ye be judged? With the same measure you serve, it will be served back to you. Many look at that verse and has given up judging. Well, Jesus says, first do what? Do a self-evaluation. Judge yourself. In other words, he said, take out the beam that is in your eyes before you. Before you. Try to take out the speck out of someone else's eye. In other words, he's saying that first look into yourself. Fix yourself before you fix someone else. That's what Jesus said. And... Because Jesus said, judge not, lest he be judged, some have given up, given up, careful, essential discrimination. The first principle of judgment is that we judge ourselves. But as Christians... We ought to know that we ought to discern and differentiate between right and wrong, good and bad. Do not judge does not mean that you and I should not differentiate or discriminate from the things that we ought to know in our lives. 
Let me elaborate. Discrimination in our culture has a very negative connotation to it. And there is a reason for it. What is the negative connotation? I looked, at, looked it up in the dictionary and this is how it goes. The unjust or prejudiced treatment of different categories of people or things, especially in the grounds of race, age, or sex. That is wrong. But there is a positive connotation to the term discrimination, and I want to draw your attention to that. Discrimination in a positive connotation means recognition and understanding of the difference between one thing and another, meaning discrimination between right and wrong, good and evil, good and the best. As Christians, we ought to exercise good, healthy, positive discrimination, meaning we should be in a place where we are able to differentiate between right and wrong, godly and ungodly, worldly and spiritual, and even the good and the best. Praise the Lord. You and I are not exempt from it. When we do not understand that concept, we go with the flow which is what Jesus said, judge not, therefore we will not judge anyone or anything. Praise God. It is a responsibility of a Christian to differentiate and to understand what is godly, what is acceptable to God, what is biblical, what is the truth. We need to know the difference. Praise God. There is so much talk about love. People say Christian love ought to be blind. Paul addresses, addresses that issue in Philippians chapter 1, verse 9 and 10. And I'm going to read it out. And this I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment. Let me repeat it. Paul is praying for the church in Philippians. He's saying, this I pray for you, that your love may abound yet more and more. In what? In knowledge and in all discernment. Why? That you may approve things that are excellent. That you may be sincere and without offense until the day of Jesus Christ. Wow. Praise God. Church, we as God's children, we as stewards, we have to grow. Grow in what? In our discernment. Praise God. In the ability to judge love, virtue, Characters, praise God, good and bad, godly and ungodly, worldly and spiritual. Otherwise, we will be taken for a ride. Everything that looks, everything that glitters is not gold. And you and I have an enemy who comes as what? As angel of light. Praise God. If we have to see through facade, we need to have a discerning spirit. We need to have the depth of God's word, which is able to allowing us to differentiate between what is godly and what is not godly. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. A person that believes all that he hears and accepts Everyone who claims to be spiritual will experience confusion and chaos in their lives. Before we judge others, the Bible says we ought to judge ourselves.
Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Before we criticize others, we need to look into our own lives, get all the facts and be impartial and yet be loving and faultless. What does that mean? That means it's a delicate balance. Praise the Lord. It's a delicate balance. We cannot say there are some people are so loving, they are over loving, they are not able to discern between right and wrong. Some people are so critical that everything is wrong for them. We cannot be over critical and we cannot be gobbling everything that comes our way. A mature Christian is called out for a godly discernment in every arenas of life. Praise God. Listen how Jesus handled the guys who brought a woman that was caught in an act of sin. They evoked the law which prescribed what? Stoning that woman to death. What did Jesus do? Jesus did not condemn her. Listen carefully to me. Jesus did not condemn her, neither did he condone what she did. First, Jesus handled the guys who wanted to stone her. What did Jesus say? Wisdom. The first one to throw the stone, he said, you can. He did not say you cannot throw the stone because the law prescribes it. This is the first one that's going to throw is the one who has... No sin. He says, God, he says, but, but the first one, the first one, he who does not have sin, may you cast the first stone. Wow, what wisdom. With one, the first stone, Jesus eliminated the charge against her. Wow. That's the wisdom of God. Praise God. Then he looks at her. Where are those guys who wanted to stone you? She said, they all left. No one to condemn you? She says, no. And he says, I also don't condemn you. But then he said something. What did he say? Go sin no more. Praise God. That is the balance. Praise God. Go sin no more. God has called us to Redeem people. But redemption is never, is always without compromising the scripture. Always remember that. We are a church. We call to redeem. But redemption without compromising the scripture. Praise the Lord. When you did not know what sin was. Grace. Once you know what sin is, you will be held accountable. Praise God. Hallelujah. Yes? The world is full of armchair critics. You know what armchair critics are? People who do nothing but sit around and criticize. Oh, that should be done like this. This should be done like this. Do that. Do this. Or... This is not right. That is not right. But what do they do? What do they do? What is their contribution? Zero. No contribution. Only criticism. Praise the Lord. We, as God's people, we are not called to criticize, but to do what? Discern things rightly and make right decision in every aspects of our lives. So looking at things from a critic's point and what the scripture says. Now, think about it. At the other side, look at the other side. If you are a subject of criticism, if you are being criticized, I am being criticized. How many of you guys being criticized? How many of you guys being judged by others? Some of us. Very good. How many of you guys have judged others? Yeah, we all judge. And what, we, what did we say? We 
should judge. We should judge ourselves, and we need to have a careful discrimination from a positive light. Okay, all right, let's move on. No one is exempt from being criticized, right? So when we are being criticized, how can we respond to that in a positive way? Well, when we are being criticized, we can look into it and ask ourselves, is there any element of truth in it? Is there any shred of truth in it? Well, what happens naturally is when we are criticized, we do what? We either turn off, we get angry, we, we have a lot of issues that, that we face. But it's always healthy to look into our own life and ask ourselves, is there any truth to it? Sometimes we need to tone down and we need to sit down and ask ourselves if there is any truth in it. And the chances are, the chances are, fill in the blanks. The chances are, some of you guys are sleeping. I'm not going to call out. There is some truth in it. Huh, what was that? Some what? Half true, yes. You can take anything out of context. You can take anything out of context. If you record a conversation or if you record a speech, somebody can give you a, 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 a clipping out of it. The right clipping will do what? Man, it will be fuel for the next world war. Yeah. Okay, so sometimes there is half truth in it, but it's always good to look into ourselves and say, is there any element of truth in it? That's the best way to do it. Praise the Lord. And it's very easier said than done. The writer of Proverbs puts it like this. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Proverbs 27, 6. At times, God surrounds us with godly mentors, godly friends, friends who truly care, who would tell us that we are wrong. They would. In today's culture, most of the people don't care. They don't even say nothing. They don't correct anyone because nobody receives correction. And uh, we all have that scripture, judge not brother, judge not sister. And uh, we just go our own way. But if we love someone, we all need to have someone around us who would give us healthy criticism. For some, they think it's their call. Criticism is their call. You know, because the Lord has called us with a high, holy, heavenly calling, and they think that their calling is being a critic. No, that's not what we're talking about. A healthy criticism is always good. You know, this is how the word says in NLT. If you listen to constructive criticism, you will be at home among the wise. That's Proverbs 15:31. Praise God. Hmm? So at times our friends can speak into every one of us should have people around us. At least minimum one who is able to do a constructive criticism. Who is able to tell us that we are wrong when we are wrong. If you cannot find a good friend, find someone that you truly love. And give them the access, give them the elbow room to speak into your lives and tell them when we are doing something wrong, it is wrong. Only one person said amen. My wife tells me, and most of the time I have to take it gracefully, the first impulse is, but is there an element of truth? If there is an element of truth. It's good for us that we receive it and we correct it. Praise the Lord. We receive it and we correct it. Praise the Lord. That can be a good way of responding to people who criticize us. When they criticize us, look into, our, look into it and make sure that there is, is there any truth 
to it. Second, if there is any truth in it, receive what you can receive and cast the rest out. Praise God. Receive what you can receive and push the other thing out. The problem with most of us is this, and this is why people try to completely avoid talking to people and correcting them. Judging has a negative connotation to it and there is a positive connotation to it. Criticism has a negative connotation to it. A positive connotation is when it is a constructive criticism where the intention is to correct people and to build themselves up. I always wonder when I'm with a group of people and I see people, you know, with, 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 with the lipstick smeared here, with food sitting all over the face, and a group of people singing and laughing and making fun and having, having a good time, and nobody will tell that person. No wonder, man, what kind of friends they are. Why is it? Because we are what? We are bashful to correct others. And this is just a physical thing, right? Now think, there are things in our character, character flaws. There are things that we say, things, the way that we act. There are so many elements to our lives. And then our biblical stands. Sometimes when we, when we stand for things which are wrong, and it's against the Bible, nobody dares to correct. Why? Because the principle is each to his own. I always ask them, what is the reference? What is the reference? If the Bible is against it, you and I, in our circles, we should be able to discuss it. We should be grown up enough to talk about it. Because you and I live in a culture, in a setting where a lot of ungodly things are creeping into our children, into our young people, into our homes. And if we do not speak out, it will become the norm and no one will be able to control the influx. It will be like a flood that's coming over. And sometimes I wonder if the church is willing to take a stand. We are so afraid of offending people that we dare not speak the truth in love. Praise the Lord. But when do people criticize us, we cannot dwell on it forever. If there is no truth in it, if there is truth in it, take the truth, push the other out. If there is no truth in it, Try to correct it if possible. Most of the time, people just talk behind each other's back. Is that true? Most of the time, people just talk behind each other's back. And I encourage the church. If you have something to tell someone, go and tell them. Don't talk behind their back. We all do to a certain extent, right? Why don't you just go and talk to them? And create a culture of what? Culture, not of confrontation, but speaking the truth in love. This morning, Jolie Uncle was talking about it. Create that kind of culture within our circle where we are not afraid to talk. But when do we talk? We talk when that person is not there. And that person is, is not able to what? To justify or to correct. His or her error, if it's an error. Or we might be sincerely wrong and the person might be right, but we never talk about it. We always shoo it away or we talk behind people's back. Praise the Lord. But when we allow criticism, when we hear about it and we allow it to dwell in us, it becomes a poison within us. It creates bitterness within us. Therefore, all of us ought to exercise the ability of pushing things out which are negative in nature. If it's not true, if it's, it's, it's crap that people are talking about you, push it out. Don't dwell on it because if you dwell on it, 
dwell on it, it will just destroy your life. I know people whose lives are destroyed because they cannot forgive, they cannot let go. Paul is saying, judge nothing before the appointed time. Premature judgment. That's a hard statement to live, right? And what does Paul mean by that? There are things that you know and there are things that you don't know. Things that you don't know, you should be able to leave it for God to handle it. Praise God. Look at the writings of Paul. Is Paul saying that everything leave it for God to judge? Is that what Paul is saying? Judge nothing before the appointed time. Does that mean a blank statement that everything should be pushed for God to handle? Well, in, if in that case, what does Paul mean in chapter 5 verse 3 when he says, I have already passed judgment on the one who did this. He's talking about the immoral brother in the house of God. Think about it. Some sins are blatant, wrong. They ought to be handled by the church. Some sins are evident, visible, blatantly wrong. There is no gray area to it. And that ought to be handled by the body of Christ. But unfortunately, because we don't grow in our Christian life, we feel that when the church takes a stand, the church is critical. The church is judgmental. If something doesn't align with the holy word of God, you cannot say it is critical and judgmental when the church takes a stand. Praise God. There are actions and there are motives. You and I cannot judge anybody's motives because we don't know. But if the actions are clear, we are called to judge. In other words, we are called to do what? Take a stand for that which is true and right. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. There is a time to pass judgment on immoral actions of people in the body of Christ. But God is the one who ultimately passes judgment on hidden human motives because our motives could be very much shrouded or covered. In the body of Christ, people tend to disagree about which moral issues are debatable and which are non-negotiable. When we cannot agree on that which is debatable and that which is non-negotiable, we have a problem. The non-negotiable always has to be defined by the scriptures, by the written word of God. What does the Bible say? If the Bible say it, it is non-negotiable. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But we need to always balance without tipping the scale. That is, if we look the other way, it's always costly. It's always expensive. And you don't know where that price tag and what that price tag would be. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Yes, may God grant us the grace to have the spiritual discernment, to have a positive discernment, discrimination against that which is wrong and that which is right. 
So Paul is saying, there are people who judges judge him. And then every, there is something very interesting. He says he judges himself. And mind you, this is what he says. And I like you to draw your attention to that, that verse where Paul says, look what he says. I do not even judge myself, for I know of nothing against myself, yet I am not justified by this. But he who judges me is the Lord. Meaning, I looked into myself and I find nothing that is wrong, yet I am not justified. Wow. In other words, when I look into myself, I find that my conscience is clean and clear. Sometimes our conscience is clean and clear because we have a bad memory. Hello. Not always, but at times. We forget. Jeremiah puts it like this about all. The heart is deceitful. Who can discern its error? In other words, our hearts have the potential to deceive ourselves into believing wrong is right. Evil is good. We can't go with that. Praise God. So he's saying that, listen, I look into myself, I judge myself, and... It's nothing, I'm, but still I'm not justified. Praise God. Because, just because I don't remember and everything looks clean and clear does not mean it's okay. So you do what? You allow the Lord to handle it. Praise God. He's saying, he who judges me is the Lord, therefore judge nothing before time. The judgment of God, I want to bring the air and I will conclude this part here. The judgment of God. How does God judge us? Does God judge us today? Or Paul talking about the judgment, the bema, the judgment seat of Christ, where all believers are going to be judged. Both of them are true. One day, all of us will stand before the judgment seat of Christ, where all of our motives will be judged. Every, our works will be judged. Praise the Lord. And we will get our praise. We will get our reward. But today, what about today? Does the Lord judge us? When we come and sit before God's word, the word of God will judge us. Yes, the word of God will judge us. Somebody read Hebrews 4.12. We all know that word. Hebrews 4.12. Somebody read it out. Word of God is living and active. Huh. Sharper than any double-edged sword. Yes. It penetrates even to dividing the soul and the spirit. The bone and the marrows. And it discerns what? The thoughts and and attitudes of our heart. God's word can judge us. When we sit before God's word, it just not, it's not exclusive to preaching or teaching. When you sit with God's word and you're open to God's word, this God's word will judge us. When God's word judges us, it's to correct us. The Holy Spirit will judge us. The Holy Spirit judges us not to condemn us, but to convict us, to lead us to correction. Praise the Lord. And then you and I should have loving, caring friends who would correct us. Today we are going to pray. We're going to pray, Lord, surround me with good, loving, caring friends. Can we do that? 
that when they see an error in us, they would not wink at us, close our eyes, but lovingly would come to our side and say, brother, sister, but please don't make it your, your only call. That's the problem. The only time you speak to someone is when you want to be critical is what the problem is. But if you are a person who is encouraging and at times would come and be a critic, it will be received well. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Yes, God judges us today. Today, by the ministry of God's word, by his spirits, by the body of Christ that is around us. But one day, we will stand before him. And when we do stand before him, praise the Lord. What is it that you and I should get? The Bible says this is how Paul brings it. He says, then each one's praise will come from God. Praise God. We all love to hear encouraging good words from people. And sometimes our friends go out of their way to give that to us. At times it might not be true, but they care so much. Let me tell you, always pray, Lord, I want to get your approval. I want you to testify about me. I want you to say, well done. I want heaven to applaud me. I want heaven to look at me and say, well done. Praise God. We'll continue with this. Shall we close our eyes for a moment? Do we judge others? Of course we do. Is that based on God's word? God wants us to judge ourselves. Do we judge ourselves? Do we allow the word of God, the spirit of God, the body of Christ to speak into our lives the word of corruption? When people do criticize us, how do we handle it? Do we go off? Or are we able to handle it gracefully? Do we carry it in our hearts for the rest of our life? Or do we shred it and move on with the things of God? When you take the good, it will build you up. When you carry everything as a package, it can destroy your life. Praise God. Paul says, don't judge before time. There are actions which are very clear, which, which ought to be set right. But then there are motives that you and I have no clue about. Only God knows. Let him handle that. Father, we thank you for your word. We yield our lives to you. We pray that our lives be such that will be pleasing to you. In Jesus' name we pray.